heart of the East Coast, this is Sports Raver with your host, a West Coast girl who raves about all things sports, Carolyn B. to talk about my raves. Bryson DeChambeau's disappearing act, a major advancement in Major League Baseball, the ugly underbelly of NCAA sports, and the universities who live for the paycheck. Formula One equals boring, but who's to blame? Plus, the latest action in esports, my take on the latest happenings, and the obscure sports report. Welcome to the Sports Raver, where I rave about my favorite things in sports, and I rave against the worst things in sports. Thanks for coming to rave with me. Hey, 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 party people. Thanks for joining us for the kickoff, the puck drop, the tip off, the first pitch, the green flag wave, the tee off, the first serve of our show. I'm your host, Geraldine B. So let's get right into the latest happenings. The NBA draft. And not too big of a surprise, Anthony Edwards went first, picked by the Minnesota Timberwolves. And second, James Wiseman went to the Golden State Warriors. That's a bit of good news for the Warriors, who reported that Klay Thompson has suffered another season-ending injury, this time his Achilles tendon. Thompson missed all of last season with a knee injury. The once-dominant Warriors' woes continue. With LaMelo Ball going third in the NBA draft, You've got to feel a little bit for the Charlotte Hornets. There's a lot of baggage that comes along with any ball son, namely LeVar Ball. He's a lot to handle. Just ask the Lakers. LaMelo does seem to be distancing himself somewhat from his father, choosing to sign a shoe deal with Puma rather than the big baller brand, if that's even a brand. The ball name does bring a lot of splash and attention wherever it goes, so that is a plus for the Hornets, who could use a bump in interest seeing how they were one of the bottom teams in fan attendance pre-COVID. There is the little matter of LeVar claiming he could beat Michael Jordan, <clears throat> one of the owners of the Hornets, one-on-one with his arm tied behind his back. Please, Jordan could beat LeVar wearing a blindfold and both arms tied behind his back. Maybe this matchup can be arranged. In a shock for absolutely no one, lots of NCAA football games are either being postponed or canceled due to COVID-19, 15 to be exact, just this week. This is exactly why college football probably shouldn't have been played at all this season, but money talks, I guess. What a headache trying to rearrange schedules to fit all those games in. And what happens to the bowl games? Jeez, I thought the NFL had it rough. The Las Vegas Raiders are absolutely decimated on defense coming into the rematch with the Chiefs this weekend with eight starters being placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. Yes, eight. That's all but three of their regular players. I mean, we are talking about going up against Patrick Mahomes here, who's practically unstoppable and certainly will be with the defense having to use its practice squad. And with all these first stringers being placed on the list, it wouldn't be a stretch to think that there will be a few more added between now and the game. There's a whole lot of testing to be done in the next few days. I don't think the Raiders are going to get their sweep this year. At this point, it's looking like Andy Reid will be the one taking a victory lap around the Raiders' stadium 
him this time. And after all the fines, you'd think Chucky'd learn how to wear a mask. Maybe he needs to take a page out of Andy Reid's mask playbook. After all, he figured out his fog problem. happened to Bryson DeChambeau at the Masters? By all accounts, he was one of the favorites going in, but he barely managed to finish in a four-way tie for 34th. He was lucky to even make the cut. He did say he was suffering from dizziness and didn't feel great. And then he managed to lose his ball on the third hole at Augusta on Friday, finishing with a 74 for the day. He also seemingly blamed his caddy for his poor showing. DeChambeau is one of the most polarizing players on the tour. Lots love him, and I would say even more might hate him. Brooks Kepka might have something to say here. He tries to drive every green, he analyzes his putts to death, and he's been accused of slow play. His nickname is the Mad Scientist because of all the calculations he tries to apply to his game. He yells at cameramen for focusing on him for too long. But love him or hate him, there's no arguing he's successful in the game and most likely will continue to be. The lack of showing by DeChambeau is sure to add fuel to the fire that all of this analyzation and physics is tearing apart the very beauty of the game and that it won't get you more wins. There's a lot of argument that golf is not meant to be mastered. It's a game of skill and practice, tenacity and grit. Well, there is truth to that, but I also think those fighting against what DeChambeau brings to the game are wasting their time. Over the years, in almost any sport, the human body has gotten bigger and stronger, capable of running faster, throwing farther, hitting harder, and sending golf balls 400 yards down a fairway. At some point, all sports began to change and adapt to new audiences, different players, advanced equipment. Golf isn't exempt to these changes, no matter how much some people would like it to be. I really feel, though, with Bryson DeChambeau, that we need more Happy Gilmore comparisons. I wonder how far he can hit a golf ball with a hockey stick. After 93 years of males only, the first female GM in Major League Baseball history has been named. Kim Ng was recently hired by the Marlins as their new general manager. She brings 30 years of experience to the job, including assistant GM positions with the Yankees and the Dodgers, not to mention senior VP of Major League Baseball operations. She's been interviewing for GM positions for 15 years, always getting the same response back. We're going to go in a different direction, but not anymore. And I'm sure her mentors and colleagues, Joe Torre, Nick Coletti, Dan Evans, who always said she'd be a GM someday, are super proud. When Kim took her first job in 1990, her mother did not understand why she'd choose a career in baseball instead of finance or law, especially since she started as an intern working for free. Back then, Baseball was still very much a boys-only club. A lot has changed over the years, and this is no hire because she's a woman. Derek Jeter wants to win. This is a hire because she's one of the best. Now mothers with daughters everywhere can point to Kim Ng and say, look at what you can do if you work hard enough.
Wichita State's men's basketball coach Greg Marshall resigned after accusations of physical and verbal abuse towards players and coaching staff. And the school handed him $7.7 million as he walked out the door. Why? Fantastic for him. He most likely won't be hired anytime soon, but what does he care? And then LSU was dragged through the mud in an article in USA Today. According to their investigation, LSU repeatedly disregarded reports of sexual misconduct against student athletes and non-athletes alike. It's just more examples of the dirty little secrets lurking beneath the surface at universities like Baylor, Penn State, Stanford, the list goes on and on. When it comes to NCAA sports at these schools, the culture of looking the other way is locked up in one thing, money. More money, more television coverage, more recognition, and less morals. In the case of LSU, they allegedly ignored repeated accusations of sexual and physical assault by members of the football team, instead of doing what they are supposed to do, which is reporting the allegations to police and the Title IX office, as is required by federal law. With the case of Greg Marshall, he was a winning coach, bringing money and notoriety with those winning seasons. It's not surprising the school kept him on. It's easy to understand why the colleges and their sports programs want more and more money and accolades. More of both mean even better facilities, top of the line coaches, superior recruits and talent. But it can't be at the cost of what's right. Colleges and the NCAA need to do better. One has a problem, and it's not an easy fix. Congratulations to Lewis Hamilton on a record-tying seventh championship, but let's be honest, there's absolutely no drama left in the sport. It's the same two drivers winning every week. It's Mercedes every week. The only drama comes at the start of a race or if Lewis happens to do something stupid and get a penalty, and Hamilton just said after winning his seventh championship that he feels like he's just getting started. That needs to strike fear in all the teams that aren't Mercedes. And Max Verstappen has been a breath of fresh air for the sport. He's a little on the crazy side, but his presence is exciting. On the occasion when he manages to finish a race, he does make it more interesting. Still, we aren't seeing any of the other teams really be competitive, even with first-rate drivers like Daniel Ricciardo and Charles Leclerc. But we can't blame Lewis Hamilton or Valtteri Bottas for winning week after week. They are doing their jobs. We can't blame Mercedes for having the dominant cars every week. They are simply the absolute best at what they do. New rules are set to take effect in 2021, designed to close the gap and level the playing field. The biggest of these is the cap on the amount a Formula One team can spend in a calendar year. This, in theory, should make Formula One more competitive. But that won't change the fact that Mercedes is better at everything that goes into having a successful race team. The cap itself does not apply to driver's salaries, marketing, or to the three highest paid personnel, meaning they can continue to hire the best of the best. And there are other rule changes happening, including the debut of a newer, sleeker car, which will allow drivers to race more closely. Aerodynamics will be different with downforce being reduced. All these things are a step in the right direction, but any changes on the podium remain to be seen. 
Mercedes is just too damn good. And Ferrari and Red Bull, despite having similar mega budgets and similar mega talent, they haven't been able to knock them down. I have my doubts that the cars with the lower budgets will suddenly be competitive. But for the sake of the sport, here's hoping Lewis Hamilton will be watching from the ground next year as Carlos signs chugs champagne from the top spot on the podium. If you have any doubt regarding the growing popularity of esports and gaming, Twitch just released its viewership hours for October of this year. One. 0.9 billion hours. That's a 99% jump from last October, which recorded 839 million hours of viewing. No surprise, two of their most popular categories are League of Legends and Minecraft. If you don't know, Twitch is the leading live streaming platform for gamers in the world. Just for comparison's sake, for October, Netflix reported around 73 million subscribers viewing about two hours per day on average. That equals around 4.5 billion hours of viewership. Now I know that seems like a big difference, but when you think about all the demographics that watch Netflix, where there's something for everyone, and you compare that to Twitch, which is mainly viewed by gamers, that contrast isn't so big. Ravers Esports is big. Teams get paid big money. Tournament purses are growing. Free agency signings can be worth serious coin. And people like A-Rod and Shaq are putting money into gaming. The sky's starting to look like the limit for esports. The Obscure Sports Report. What? That's a sport? Uh-uh. Way. And now for my favorite part of the show, Obscure Sports. The World Axe Throwing Championships are just around the corner, people. From December 4th through the 6th, the best axe throwers will compete in Atlanta for a chance at axe throwing immortality. Axe throwing has been growing in popularity, especially since the founding of the World Axe Throwing League, or WATL, in 2017. I wonder if they say waddle. I'm gonna say waddle. Anyway, there's even an international axe throwing day on June 13th. As of 2019, 19 countries are waddle members. So here's how it goes. During a match, the thrower gets 10 axe throws each. The bullseye in the center of the target is worth six points. On the outer ring are two blue dots in the upper portion. If you hit one of those in the fifth throw or final throw, it's scored as a kill shot worth eight points. A tally of the points establishes the winner. You know, a lot of axe throwers get started in bars. I wonder if there are rules against drinking while competing in professional tournaments. I sure would hope so. I don't think the argument that alcohol gives you great tunnel vision should be made for axe throwing. Eh, darts either for that matter. Anyway, the World Axe Throwing Championships will be aired on ESPN. And here's hoping they have better commentators for that than they do for Monday Night Football. Okay, my fellow ravers, thanks for listening in. That's a raver wrap for today. And may all your ups and downs be on the court. See you next time. Thanks for listening to my raves. 
Sports Raver too by following me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and checking out all my podcast rants. Till next time, I'm Geraldine B, the Sports Raver.